Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you today. This is an interesting time. And as I was contemplating, what should we focus our attention on today? Now, we're in May. It's that transition time as we move into warm weather and into the late spring, beginning of summer season. What should we be focusing our attention on? What are you thinking about right now? How are you spending your time? And I thought of an interview that I conducted last week that has just stayed with me. And I've I went back and watched it again and have contemplated many of the things that my guest talked about. My guest was a, a clinical psychologist whose name is Dr. Edith Eager, E-G-E-R. And she is a Holocaust survivor. The first that I'd ever actually met, you know, I've read many stories about the Holocaust. I've watched films about the Holocaust, but I had never before met someone who actually had been at Auschwitz. And Dr. Eager, who is 95 years old, has a mind, as my mother would say, as sharp as a tack. She is, exudes positivity and has devoted her life to supporting people to work through their issues and challenges so that they can live in a positive and healthy space. And she is someone who survived the Holocaust. And she, she's written two books. In, in her first book, The Choice, she describes arriving at Auschwitz and standing with her mother and having a guard ask her as a teenager, is that your mother or your sister? and the person was speaking of her mother and she didn't know what to, she didn't even know whether she should talk, but she was asked a question and she said, that's my mother. And by identifying the woman next to her as her mother, that sealed her death. They separated the two of them instantly and walked her to her death, to the gas chamber. And Dr. Edith spoke about this and how probably her deepest, most profound regret is that she told the truth. What if she had said it was her sister? Would she be sitting next to her today? You know, would she have lived? Dr. Edith talked in the interview with me about choice. That book, her first book was Choice. And she talked about making the choice to forgive even those hateful people in Auschwitz, making the choice to be able to survive, survive the torture of the mind, because she saw so many people on that death march to the gas chambers losing everything and somehow being able to extract joy on a daily basis. She talks of 
she when she went into Auschwitz, she was 16 years old. And she had been in love. She had a boyfriend who talked to her and in the most loving ways, saying that she had beautiful eyes and beautiful hands. And while she was in Auschwitz as a love-struck teenager, she kept remembering what her boyfriend had shared with her and how he adored her. And all she was praying for was when she would get out of Auschwitz, that she would get to reunite with her boyfriend. And when she was released, when finally uh, they were freed and she was at a hospital, she had a broken back. She was on the mend and, and longing to see her boyfriend. And she discovered that he had been murdered the day before the end of the horrors in Auschwitz. Another heartbreaking reality. And yet, at 95, even as she remembers these things, she lives in a space of joy. And it, it was just a curious thing to know, yes, you can forgive. No, you can't or even shouldn't forget the awful things that happened in your life, but you can forgive, she described. You must forgive. She said, you have to push through rage in order to find love that there has to be rage and you have to allow yourself to have the rage in order to release everything and come back to love. She said that the way that she is able to find joy, to live with joy, to embrace joy is by being in the present. By being in the present, by not being uh, stuck in the past, in her case, the many horrors of her past, not being lost in the clouds of the future that is not here yet, but fully engaging oneself in this moment. And by doing that, by being in the present, by choosing to be fully conscious of what's happening now, what life is like now, what your duties are now, what is before you now. By being in the present, joy can be your friend, joy can surround you, you have the ability to breathe, you have the ability to survive, even when there's tremendous pain, you have the ability to smile when there's something of wonder before you. You have the ability to embrace sanity because you are choosing to see what is before you, not what you wish was before you, or what you wish hadn't happened, or what even that you hope will happen tomorrow. I thought it was so beautiful. I love talking to her. You would never imagine she was 95. She doesn't look like 95. She doesn't speak like whatever you think 95 looks or sounds like. She talked about holding the space of youthfulness in part because of her attitude, in large part because of her attitude. 
And, and in her book, she talks about the choices that we all have to de decide what our relationship is going to be with the life that we are leading. That we have a choice as to the attitude that we're going to have about whatever is happening to us. I talk about choice all the time. I wrote a book called Choosing Truth. That's about the spiritual journey. And understanding that to live is an action. To think is an action. To speak is an action. And what are the choices that we make with our thoughts, words, and deeds? You've heard me talk about this. It, it, sometimes I feel like a broken record, but it's the good record that reminds us about being in alignment. When our thoughts, words, and deeds match, we actually can go to sleep at night peacefully because we have lived in harmony with who we believe we are, who we say we are, and how we ex express ourselves. When we think one thing and do another, it can get very confusing and the mind can begin to play tricks on us because the alignment is off. Part of what I believe Dr. Edith's talking about being in the present is making sure that all of these parts of us are in alignment. And it does take a pause in order to get there. You know, for many of us, we're so busy with a million things that we feel that we have to do. Sometimes we are not thinking. We may be in the present. We may be checking off lists, doing the tasks that are before us. But if it's almost like uh, like it working in a factory and 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 doing peace work and just okay, this is the next thing, this is the next thing, this is the next thing, without understanding the meaning and value of each step, without being conscious of each step, I don't think actually that that is truly being in the present. It's a, it's a, a degree of being present, but being in the present, but being fully present is having your awareness in alignment with everything. So there's, there's a quote, apart from Dr. Eager, I found, I found lots of quotes about being present, by the way. But here's one from the Dalai Lama that I think will help in this contemplation. The Dalai Lama says, there are only two days in the year that nothing can be done. One is called yesterday, and the other is called tomorrow. So today is the right day to love, believe, do and mostly live. I'll read it again. There are only two days in the year that nothing can be done. One is called yesterday and the other is called tomorrow. So today is the right day to love, believe, do and mostly live. Powerful, right? When talking to Dr. Eager, she said to me that even all these years later, there are so many little triggers that occur in her daily life that take her back to 
her experiences at Auschwitz. And when they take her back, she then has to realign herself because when the trigger takes her there, it, it can be like a stabbing pain, losing her parents, losing so many loved ones, losing people she didn't even know before being there. One day they were there and one day they were gone. Being physically, emotionally, and spiritually abused. And yet, she said when a trigger happens, she has to realign herself because Yesterday, there's nothing you can do to change it. Those things happened. What you can do is in this present moment, decide that you will engage differently, if you can, that you will be fully in this moment and make whatever choices you can to take care of yourself and those you love. It is then that you have power in this moment, not in the past. And so if, if a memory, if an experience triggers you and takes you back, you have to decide that you're not going to go back and stay back. That's what Dr. Edith said. And I, thinking about this for us, what is it in your life that occurred that takes you back and, and that imprisons you, imprisons your spirit? I had something that did for many years, and I've talked about this before. I was very, very close to a woman. Well, she was a child. We were childhood friends up until what we call junior high school. And she did something that was very cruel to me, and it broke my heart. And for years, I was mad at her. I was processing. I didn't know how to process. I was hurt. I wrote poems about the experience. I, I promised God I wouldn't have a child because I was so hurt. I didn't want to bring a child into the world and possibly allow another human being to be to experience the kind of pain that I did. And that is in part why I had my daughter so late. And boy, oh boy, I'm so glad that God saw fit to give me my daughter anyway. But the power of being hurt those many years ago made me think and pledge that I wouldn't have a child. Think of that. The power of the pain that I experienced all those years ago was a prison for me for a long time. I didn't talk about it much, but I felt it. I held on to it and ultimately with the help of my dearest friend from home, I drummed up the courage to talk to this woman and over time allowed myself to forgive her and to forgive me for holding on to this pain for so long unnecessarily. She didn't even remember what had happened and I had held on to it for all these years. I had to forgive myself for holding on. It was kind of embarrassing when I realized I'm holding on to something that happened so long ago. Why? I think of myself as an empowered woman. Why was I holding on? Do you have anything in your life like that? 
when I talked to Dr. Eager, I thought of this uh, pain from my past. Because if Dr. Eager could forgive her captors, she could forgive the Nazis. Why couldn't I forgive this child who was just mean? So what in your life, what, what do you need to let go of because it's part of your past? You may not like it, it may be painful, but it's in the past. What should you let go of in order to be in the present and not hold on to it anymore? Most of us have something. And for many of us, it's something that if you told someone else, they might not think it was a big deal, but to you, it's huge. To you, it's a, an impediment between your being fully present and your being stuck in the past. Do you have anything like that? You know, when I first started meditating, I went to what was called a meditation intensive. And I'd never meditated before. This was a two-day immersion in meditation. And our teacher was guiding us into meditation. And she was, and, and this intensive was called the battle that must be fought. And as she was leading us into meditation, she was describing all of the, the things that we are not, that we are not our thoughts, that we are not our experiences, that we are not our jobs, that we are not our family, that they may be part of our life, but we are not defined by those things. And on and on she went, she gave, I don't even know how many examples of things that we are not. But instead she said that what we are, she called the self. And that the, the point that she was making is that within each of us, God dwells. That the light that allows us to live is God, living inside of me, living inside of you, inside of everyone. And we are not our experiences. We are not our thoughts. We are not any of those things. We're so much greater. And as I went deep into meditation, I had an experience that transformed my life. This was about 30 years ago. I saw something that people say when they've had a near-death experience. It was like there was a movie of my life and all these scenes of moments that were very painful for me. And they were flashing across this, this screen, like a movie screen, but my eyes were closed. So I'm seeing this. And for the first time ever, I didn't feel pain. I saw all these things that had occurred from little girl moments to other moments, things I had done, things that people had done to me. And I was not those experiences. I had been uh, disengaged from them. And I saw the movie. I could watch it because it didn't hurt anymore. They were experiences that were separate from me. And then I wept because I realized I wasn't defined by them anymore. And then I 
the meditation was over and I never forgot it. That was the moment of spiritual awakening for me. And I've contemplated that moment all these years since because I was shown that I'm not those experiences. I It was it, the movie before my eyes was, yes, these things have occurred. All these things have occurred. There were things I can't, I don't remember now, but there were experiences that I didn't recall at all, but they came up out of my subconscious mind. And I realized that I didn't have to be bound by them anymore. It had been, that that, that lock had been opened, had been broken, and I was free. I then had the choice to be in the present. Now, what did not happen is suddenly I, w I was free of everything. That didn't happen. What did happen was that I saw I could be and that I had to do work. I had to do, like Dr. Eager said, if, if a trigger happens and it takes me back to something in the past, I can choose not to stay there. I can choose to come back to center, come back to now, come back to this moment. And that's such a powerful thing to understand because we triggers happen all the time for all of us. Things happen and it takes you in a flash. They call it a flashback. It takes you back to something. Sometimes it's something great. Sometimes it's not. But then it's our choice, our decision to not stay in that past moment, but to be in the present. Dr. Eager said something else. She said she has a lot of women uh, patients. I mean, she's a clinical psychologist. She even has patients now at 95, by the way. Amazing. But she says she'll have female patients sometimes come and say, you know, I, I was in love with whoever spouse, friend, whoever it was, and that person, he left me. He rejected me. He doesn't want me anymore. What am I going to do? And she says she's had many patients come to her with a story like that. Oh, no, what am I going to do? He doesn't love me. I love him. He left me. And she looked straight ahead and said, Dr. Eager, and said, next. And she said that often her patients would be like, how could you, how could you just say that? She says, because you're holding on to something from the past. And all you can do is be in the present. For whatever reason, that relationship ended. Accept it and move forward. Holding on to something that is over is unhealthy. Instead, choosing to be fully present and to figure out what the gifts are in the present moment is how to live and how to extract joy from whatever is before you. So powerful. And, and her entreaty is it doesn't matter how awful the situation that you may find yourself in, whatever it is, you, by, by staying in the present, you can deal with what it is and move forward. 
by, and you know, I'm a big believer in dreams, but this, there's a particular type of dream that she suggests doesn't work. If you are thinking that you can dream yourself away from whatever your reality is without dealing with it, that's more like a delusion. The dreams that I talk about are the dreams, what is your heart telling me that you are to be doing now? And how can you cultivate that and nurture it and express it and, and engage it? That's different from a delusion. And important, sometimes we might get those confused, by the way. But that's why it's good to meditate. If you sit every day, you sit, you're quiet, you do that deep cleansing breathing, you invite yourself to be still and ask yourself to share the wisdom of your heart with you. If you do it every day, you will get your own inner guidance because it's there. If you believe what I've been taught, that God dwells within you as you. That was the main lesson of Swami Muktananda. God dwells within you as you. That's such a powerful contemplation. If you believe that, if you believe that the light inside of you is the light of God, and if you choose to pay attention to that light, to watch it, to listen, to listen for wisdom that comes, bubbles forth from within you. If you listen for it and pay attention and nurture that, then you allow your wisdom to strengthen and you allow your wisdom to guide you. And you do not have to be a rocket scientist to be able to do this. This is something that I've been taught everyone can do because inside of every one of us is this light. What do you think makes you live? You know, what is it? What What is it that makes you live? One of the most profound questions I think that we can ask ourselves. And depending upon how you have faith, I think that helps you to understand how to answer that question. For me, I believe that God dwells within me and you, every one of us. And if we pay attention to that wisdom, that voice within, then we can follow the guidance that will lead us in the direction where we are meant to walk. And I want to read you this quote again, because I think it's powerful from the Dalai Lama. About, this is about being in the present. There are only two days in the year that nothing can be done. One is called yesterday and the other is called tomorrow. So today is the right day to love, believe, do, and mostly live. Powerful, right? Today is the right day to love, believe, do, and mostly live. The Dalai Lama, another example, kicked out of his country. Kicked out of his country. And still 
doing what I call living love. It's such a powerful thing for us to understand that even in the face of incredible hardship, we can choose to live love. We can choose to live in alignment with the goodness within us. We can choose to see the goodness in others. And you know, one of the things that I've noticed, especially this year during COVID, a lot of people are under tremendous stress. And I've talked to a couple of psychiatrists about this to get a better sense of how it all works. And when you are incredibly stressed, your behavior is different. You kind of see differently. It's hard sometimes to see what's before you if you your body is under tremendous stress. It, it's people's tempers are often um, people are often on a short fuse. They often take their anger and frustration and stress out on the people they love. They're often short-tempered. They're often unkind to themselves and others. So how can we change that? The psychiatrist that I've talked to suggest eat well, meditate, exercise, get enough rest. Eat well, meditate, exercise, get enough rest. Can you check off all four of those on your list? How well do you sleep? What do you put in your mouth? Do you move your body? <laughs> do you sit for a moment of peace and listen to the voice inside? These are easy to do and not. It requires discipline and focus and conscious awareness of what you're doing for yourself. I want to suggest that part of what we can do for being in the present is to pay attention to those things. They're simple, but they can help us to reduce stress. They can help us to find joy in the moment. They can help us to have ease. Like, do you sometimes hunch your shoulders because you're just holding on to all the things? Relax your shoulders. Sit up straight. Take a deep breath. Be in the present. It is worth it. It's really the only place you can be anyway. But as Dr. Eager says, we sometimes imprison ourselves in spaces and places and experiences when we can unlock that door and choose to be in the present and choose to extract joy from the present. No matter what's going on, there's so much loss. I've, I've heard of so many of our dear elders who have passed in the, just a few days. No matter how uh, fortunate we may be to have had our loved ones for a long time, when they go, it's always too soon. As we heal from that, be in the present. Be in the present. Be grateful for all that you had and know that you have the strength to move forward. Hold on to the good memories. Let go of the pain. Be in the present. Find goodness 
in this day by just opening your eyes and looking around. Where's the goodness? Embrace it. Choose to be in the present and to see the goodness that is before you. It's right there. No matter what's happening in your life, it's right there. Look for it. Look for it today. Welcome it today. Welcome it now. You deserve it. Until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.